We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. Oh. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today at DraftKings.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we are back again covering all the latest fantasy basketball news over the weekend. We'll break down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact. We'll talk about the latest contenders and pretenders 
and uh, we'll break down all the latest injury information as well. You can always find uh, Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and at the, as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast at thefantasyhoopsinsider.com. Want to let you know that the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, how was your weekend, sir? Uh, not too bad, actually. Um, you know, a lot of football going on. Had a couple good rosters that are going. So hopefully tonight's game doesn't turn into a shootout and uh, it'll be profitable. So I'll be happy. That sounds good, man. I've, I was uh, a little bit worried about how much... Um, I would could have potentially been burned by the uh, Drewby's experience, but turns out, uh, as you talked about here in the pre-show, there was a little bit um, too little ownership for it to do too yeah. much damage overall. As far as hoops goes, though, um, pretty solid week for me overall. And my head-to-head league opened up with a eight-to-one win in nine or nine category head-to-head, and I'm sitting here in second place in uh, my 14-team nine-cat rotisserie league. So strong, strong start. You have a pretty solid roster, and all I'm doing right now is to look to swap out guys on my bench for more productive players, and we'll give you an idea of some of the contenders and pretenders we can do that with so far. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. All the latest uh, injury news that we have um, coming up. Uh, the biggest piece of news, over, obviously, over the weekend, DeMarcus Cousins uh, left at the second half of the Sunday game against the, or I think the Saturday night game on the road in L.A. against the Clippers with a strange, strained Achilles. This was, um, you know, scary injury because uh, you don't know if it was going to be, you know, a sprained MCL, a, you know, partially torn ACL, or just a, uh, you know, day-to-day issue. Turns out he has an MRI come back um, fairly clean and most likely to miss the next two games, according to uh, Bill Herendia for um, KFBK and uh, Comcast Sportsnet. Uh, Sportsnet. So it looks like they dodged a, a pretty big bullet there. Um, most likely in weekly leagues, you just bench DeMarcus Cousins if he's going to miss half the games and then come back off the injury. You, would, would you agree with me here, Benny? Yeah, I mean, if you're playing in a weekly league, how many games did I have this week? Is it only like four? I, I'm Well, it's got to be four at the most, I think. I mean, as long as you're not in a very deep league, like even in a deep league, if you're in a very deep league where those two games might still be better than the production you're going to get from whoever you pick up off waivers or who you have on your bench. Sure. But, you know, if you're in like a 10-team league, I'd say it's probably a smart decision. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Robert Cumpton will be restricted in his debut. He's coming off a right MCL sprain and will have a um, minutes restriction. It looks like they're going to sort of probably cap him around the 25-minute mark. Uh, Jakar Sampson is likely to get shifted over to the bench. This is interesting, too, because we didn't know if it was going to be Jakar Sampson or it was going to be Jeremy Grant uh, for you know this week for the 76ers. Are you playing Robert Cumpton coming off the, the minutes restriction Monday night in Cleveland? I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach for a little bit. I mean, he was pretty solid last year, so if you did take him, he's probably a guy that you got late in your draft or somebody who you picked up off of the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. I think he might be sneaky down the road, but I don't know if I'm ready to roll him out yet until I kind of see how he fits in with that team. And, you know, I mean, he's probably just going to be standing out there shooting, which is pretty much what he did last year, but he had some value doing that, so 
We'll see. He was supposed to be potentially in line for a bigger offensive role this year, but you I mean that could have also been capped by uh, Jalil Okafor entering the lineup. So we'll see how that, mm-hmm. end, that ends up playing out. Uh, Chandler Parsons makes his debut, plays 11 minutes, so he looks like he's on a bit of minute restriction, goes one for six, scores two points with three rebounds and three assists. What do you do with Chandler Parsons for week two here in, in weekly? You roll him, or do you need him to pick up bigger minutes and you, you, know, you, you sit him until he gets there? I mean, again, it depends how deep the league is and how and how many, you know, what your other options are. But if you have another option that's solid to good, I think you're better off giving him another week and waiting. You know, I mean, it's okay. The, the NBA season is long, so it's okay to, to wait another week for this guy. You know when he does come back, he's going to be seeing 30-plus minutes and he's going to be taking a ton of shots and putting up numbers for you. But you don't have to rush it. You know, if if you play in a league that locks and you're not allowed to change your roster on a daily basis, like you lock it for the week, I don't think I would roll him this week. But if you see that he plays, you know, 25 to 30 minutes, there's a good chance that he's going to give you better production than, again, the bench player that you probably got later on in your draft behind him. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that um, it sort of just depends on who you are rolling into your roster. Covington's sort of a back-end, like, utility last guy into your lineup play, so likely you might have a better option unless you're in a, in a pretty deep league. So you got to be, um, you know, fairly thin for you to just roll him right off, right off the bat. Uh, just breeze through the rest of the injury news. Not a ton of information here for Monday. Omar Sheik did not practice on Monday, so it looks like he's not close enough yet to make his return. Um, Julius Randle blew up for 22-15. and 15. I've been saying Julius Randle all the Julius Randle all the time. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it enough on this show in particular there, but I think uh, Julius Randle actually has like top 50, top 60 player upside. Is that a little aggressive for you or what do you think? I don't know. He He's kind of on my, uh, you know, on my list right now of guys that I'm not happy with because I rostered him in DFS the day that he had like the four points in the uh, two okay. game. Right. Uh-huh. So me, me and him, we got a little bit of a love-hate relationship going on right now. <laughs> Okay, um, speaking of love-hate relationship, James Harden has uh, f- apparently forgotten how to shoot the basketball. He literally 3 for 32 from behind the, the three-point line and 22.2% per- from field. I don't want to forget the point two because he needs every percentage point right now. He is stinking it up right now. Now, this sounds crazy, and I wouldn't recommend this, but some people are out there sitting here with James Harden in weekly leagues and thinking, should I bench James Harden? Where, where are you at with this? I think that anybody who associates himself with a Kardashian as a male winds up messed up. <laughs> and this is just another example of that happening. Oh, wow. I think that you definitely have to – I mean, you still got to roll this guy. He was yeah, your first-round you draft pick you if you had him. I mean, he's in there. He's in your lineup for better or worse at this point. You know, I think part of the problem that they're having too is they got a whole bunch of big guys that are hurt. So, you know, you're basically missing your top three big men. Um, you know, Howard's in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, Terrence uh, Jones had that problem with his eye. Um, he got stitches. I don't know if he's going to play. He's questionable still. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Montejunas is still out. So you're rolling, like, Clint Capella and, you know, what's his name, uh, Montrez Harrell or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are, you know, th- those are his starting big men right now. So... They've been getting blown out every game by 20 points. I think part of the problem, too, is something that you and I discussed in the preseason where, you know, Ty Lawson maybe isn't the greatest fit on this team because he's somebody who 
needs the ball in his hand. And part of Harden's game is him having the ball in his hands all the time and, you know, getting to the hole, getting to the line, making things happen for himself and teammates. So I think that they have a lot of a lot of problems with chemistry on that Rockets team right now, and they need to figure out how to play together, and they need to do it fast because, uh, you know, I mean, literally three straight 20-point blowouts to start the season is, is not the way I think they envisioned this year going. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how this ends up going out. If I mean, the, the good news is they're um, – I only think they have like the fourth worst record in the league. So, you know, <laughs> not too bad, right? Yeah. I mean, they're only three games out of first. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. um, but like, you know, heading into the, coming off the preseason, you know, they were, they were, they were doing just fine. So, well, I'm not going to make too much of it. Well, having said this about the Rockets, I am completely out, out, out on Ty Lawson. Okay, I know some of his sister, his sister value is, is sort of built into um, somebody building a shed in the background. Or <laughs> yeah, the people next door in my house are getting work done. Let me close the window. Oh, okay. All right. Well, they're gonna they're, uh, tell them I got I got some extra land space. They want to come by and build a tough shed in my backyard. I'm good with that too. Yeah, they uh, they've been working on this for about seven months right now. I think they, <laughs> I could have built two houses in this time. Nice. So they have contractors milking the milking the dough. Good. Hey, I'm not paying for it. Don't bother me. <laughs> Good on them. All right. Uh, last piece of injury news: Kyrie Irving uh, left. Has uh, been, you know, obviously had left knee surgery. Traveled with the Cavs to Philadelphia on Monday, so he's been ramping up the, his workload and rehab. I think right now, if you find a team that sort of like had a big or had a bad week so far, you know, like they're sitting here in last or second to last or the bottom three or four of the league and they got Kyrie Irving on the roster, now's the time to see if you can figure out some sort of offer to pluck him if you think you have a buy low opportunity or somebody you want to try to sell to that owner that would be useful to them now because once he starts getting on the court, nobody's coming off Kyrie Irving. He hasn't done that yet, but it seems like we finally have a inkling that he's close because normally injured players don't travel with the team unless they are good enough to start doing on-court work with the training staff themselves. So um, there's your buy-low opportunity for you there. Uh, that's pretty much it for the injury news heading into Monday. Uh, so before we move all forward and uh, get on to the rest of the show, got to let you know for you beloved pod listeners, uh, are you subscribing to rotowire.com? If you like the advice of our podcast, you're going to love the website. So try it for free at rotowire.com slash pod. Uh, you get a free 10-day trial. The features include up-to-the-minute depth charts, customizable league projections, so you can take the exact league that you play in and take a look at uh, who – uh, you should be uh, playing or you know how much what kind of value they have based on the exact league setting that you use that you customize every piece of that you got complete draft kits for NFL NBA Major League Baseball NHL and online and in magazine format and much much more a lot of expert advice and great articles uh, going going on here Benny and I both also write for rotowire.com so you'll see uh, our articles come um, available on that site as well I wrote the Saturday FanDuel article uh, available in the NBA tab on rotowire.com. So a lot of great content. If you like what you're listening to, you can get even more of that with a free 10-day trial on rotowire.com slash pod. All right, Benny, it's time to dive in to the latest and greatest box score updates uh, for 
the Sunday game. So what we'll do is we're just going to sift through, and rather than just reading off stat lines, I just want you to like pick out to me what stands out in terms of fantasy impact. If it's like a stud who did what he's supposed to do, we don't even really need to mention it. You know, let's just sort of sort of take a look at these box scores and see if we can like pluck fantasy analysis or fantasy information that will be helpful. And we'll start with the uh, Atlanta Charlotte game. Uh, that Atlanta wins ninety four to ninety two. Uh, what your thoughts on there's one thing that stood out in particular for me um, I want to get your your take on on uh, what happened production wise for fantasy in this matchup um well let's see we had Kent Bazemore finally put up a big game yes uh, that was you know something that people have been waiting for basically he played 28 minutes in this one had 20 points mm-hmm. I, I mean I gotta be honest I was expecting him to kind of do I don't know if I expect him to score 20 points a game. That, that might be a little much. But I was expecting him to be more productive than he had been up to this point. So I am happy to see that he finally did have a productive game. Uh, he's still not playing an absolute ton of minutes. But he's getting enough where if you're in a deeper league, he's you know definitely somebody who should be on a roster. Yeah, so this is the way I'm looking at it. Um uh, For me, Kent Bazemore was a guy that I was ready to pick up until he threw up two back-to-back duds. And they saw mm-hmm. that he was getting capped at twenty something minutes, and they were sort of splitting his time with like Cephalosha, and you know messing around with other things like uh, you know Lamar Patterson and all the rest of the stuff. And then they started to start to like to go two guard set with Dennis Schroeder, which also meant that he was going to get you know fewer touches. He finally gets twelve shots, which is um, you know right on line with Al Horford who had fourteen and Paul Millsap who had twelve. So he was like a fair share of the offense. So. To me, Kim Bazemore is an ad in 12-team leagues and on up going forward. He's probably going to be a little bit inconsistent, but there's nobody who guns it up on that team, per se, to like 25 shots or whatever, and they do a fair amount of ball sharing. It's the, you know, the, supposed to be the East Coast version of the Spurs offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how that uh, shakes out. Marvin Williams, on the other hand, I think he's just the guy that you have to roster if you're looking for a cheap power forward off the waiver wire right now he's getting the minutes plays almost 33 minutes in this matchup again scores 15 points five rebounds he'll hit a tray actually hit five trays so i guess all his points came on threes which is yeah that's not we're, we're to actually going to talk about him we're going to talk about him in contenders and pretenders okay later. So we'll we'll press pause on that right now um yeah. three blocks overall and i'm just going to quickly say um worth a look in deeper 12 team leagues and above and we can just leave the analysis there anybody else that we need to mention on the charlotte side i really like the game nick batum had as well uh 16 point he basically he does a little bit of everything that's kind of what i like about him 16 points eight assists five rebounds two blocks two steals that's an across the board fantasy performance that you like uh in any in in any league type whether you're playing in rotisserie or head-to-head you know, he can give you a little bit of everything, and that's kind of what you like with Batum. And the thing I really like is he played 36 minutes, so you know he's getting run. Yeah, this is what I'm going to say. Back to top 30 value for this season. He, he just, like, the last season, season and a half, he sort of fell off in terms of fantasy value while Aldridge and Lillard were just gunning to a, into oblivion. And it just, like, he would take, you know, he would get eight shots but hit six of them. You know, and he'd be super efficient and do the other things like he that he does really well, like steals, block, chip in blocks, rebounds, and assists. But they actually need him to be a shooter, a scorer, and a factor on offense, unlike Portland. So I'm saying top 30 player. If you have an opportunity to to buy him low, go ahead and do it. I, I, I'm I'm in on Nicholas Batum this year. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next game that we have to take a look at. If I can flip back to sunday okay let's go ahead and talk san antonio boston here your thoughts on uh, any standout fantasy value 
I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you would think it is for San Antonio. Mm -hmm. uh, Kawhi Leonard and, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge are basically doing all the heavy lifting with the scoring. And that's pretty much what you would expect. They're also the only two guys, or I shouldn't say the only, they're the two guys who are playing the most minutes on that team. So as far as the Spurs go, you know, that's pretty much what you expect. Mm -hmm. uh, for the Celtics, the one thing I am very surprised with is... Uh, Marcus Smart, who's been playing pretty decent and playing an absolute ton of minutes early on here. Yeah. He was somebody who I kind of was a little bit off earlier in the year because mm -hmm. I just figured that with Isaiah Thomas, and I know you're a big Isaiah Thomas fan too. Like, Huge. Yeah, he's, he's just very talented, so you would have assumed that he's going to get the lion's share of the minutes at some point and become the starter, and that's going to obviously hurt Smart. But uh, so far, it seems like Smart is the guy who's been getting the most court time. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is still putting up numbers in the time that he's on the court, but I guess Brad Stevens likes him better as the point guard too with the with the second unit. You know, and as long as that's the case, you got to think Smart is worth an ad if he's hanging out on the waiver wire in your league. Yeah, I think he's actually ownable and startable in twelve team leagues and above uh, in in this spot. So yeah, you love the fact that he's for whatever reason, and I think it's sort of just related to the fact that he. Um, runs runs the offense the way Brad Stevens wants him to run and he's like sort of most of the time a mismatch defensively because he's as big as a two but is playing the point guard for that for that spot him and Avery Bradley are both good defenders which I think is the reason why uh Isaiah Thomas gets has to play second fiddle is defensive reason so I don't like it still like the fact that Isaiah Thomas got the most shots or tied for the most shots with Avery Bradley so he's still going to have value there um the only issue that I have the with on this roster right now is the fact that David Lee's getting hated on the way he is like just 20 minutes he's been capped he hasn't hit I don't think he's mm -hmm. hit the 30 minute mark yet I understand that Amir Johnson played well um you know 10 points five of 10 just four boards but David Lee is a better rebounder and a better scorer he the only thing that he's not is a better shot blocker and defensive player than Amir Johnson so it's sort of going to come back but if they're going to do this whole split thing where it's 22 25 and 28 between the two it's going to be very tough to get consistent value out of David Lee or Amir Johnson and you're just going to hate it so you want it to go one way or other and I wouldn't be surprised if Brad Stevens just keeps splitting it down the middle like this this is what he did all season with like Kelly Olenek who now is down to like 13 minutes a game as of the last game so you're probably going to hate it. Jared Solinger is also in the mix. He got 23 minutes. It just looks like an ugly three-man rotation at power forward. So if you can upgrade or move on from to somebody else um, from this, you know, if you were sort of banking on David Lee to be, uh, you know, a productive player in these uh, for your fantasy leagues, you need to start, you know, investing your resources in other potential options is what is the best way I guess I can say it. I was counting on David Lee to be like a, you know, back to fantasy relevance, and now it looks like he's Brad Stevens is gonna is gonna kill him with this minute split. So I'm off of it personally. All right, flipping over to Milwaukee at Toronto. Milwaukee gets housed. Milwaukee popular play with you know Greg Monroe acquired and they're, they're, now they're zero and three um, going into the season. Toronto blows them out pretty much nineteen point win. Uh, what do you take in terms of fantasy from this box score? Okay, well, I mean, the thing that popped out at me first is uh, Giannis and Teddy Kuwumpo, who <laughs> I, I said that well, didn't I? You like that. But Giannis? Giannis is the name. You can, oh, is it Giannis? You can Whatever. just go Giannis all season if you want. That's going to be easier. Um, yeah, we'll call him Greek Freak. That's that, Okay, that's cool. All right, but, um, you know, he looked good in his return. Yes. Uh, scored 20 points, nine rebounds, a couple assists. Um, I think he added a block or a steal or something to it. So he had a, he had a pretty good game in his return. Yep. 
he is the the one guy that kind of stands out for me. Something that I noticed, and I didn't watch the game, and I know he had a bunch of fouls, so maybe that had to do it with it. But uh, Greg Ron- Monroe's minutes dropped back down. Mm-hmm. The first game he played like 35, 36, and I'm like, well, hey, if he's going to get the, you know, like a majority of minutes more than everybody else, then he's going to definitely be a guy I'm going to be rolling because he has the skill set that he can contribute across the board. But if he's going to be a guy that's going to be in line with everybody else playing, like, you know, I mean, Jason Kidd likes to play everybody. Nobody played 30 minutes except for, I think, um, the Greek Freak, and I think maybe MCW got up there too. So, you know, I like it when you have guys that are playing a solid 35, 36 minutes because obviously just the more minutes you play, the more chances you are to be on the floor and to pick up stats. So if all these guys are going to be a few minutes below, I'm not going to be a huge fan of that. Yeah, it's going to be tough for you overall. But I think you're safe with Greg Monroe is the one thing. Because you take a look at that front line, it's really like devoid of talent outside of uh, Greg Monroe. They started Johnny O'Brien, who played 27 minutes and scored two points before boards. Yeah. They got Miles Pumley, and then they paid John Henson. And then there's Jabari Parker, who I'm trying to figure out what happened. Um, yeah, with- I don't under- – that was a coach's decision, right? He's not, like, I know Henson is banged up, but why did Parker not play at all? That was just I, – I, I have a hard time believing it's actually coach's decision. So I'm going to try to research that yeah. and, and find out because it's usually probably related to something that they didn't disclose. Because, you know, the NBA is, like, the worst in terms of, like, lineup updates, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, and, and all of that stuff uh, overall. So – um, in like injuries, there's like no rules. That's not like NFL or something where you have to disclose and put people on the practice, you know, or, or on the injury report and all that stuff or baseball. They're, they're the worst in terms of mm-hmm. that. So something to keep, keep in mind here, but yeah, Jabari Parker, as long, as long as he's going to sort of miss time and Greg Monroe sort of be the guy. And you're right. He did have foul troubles. He would have five fouls in that game. So that's basically what it was really related to. Um, so aside from that, you still have Skola in there playing 21 minutes, doing the whole same timeshare thing that you hate with David Lee. So you're not going to be interested in him or Patrick Patterson, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jones found two of us put up 19 and eight. I still don't trust the guy uh, overall. I know he's a tough guy to, you know, move off from because center is so thin. But uh, you know they've shown just a an always having an, like a propensity to not trust him in the fourth quarter. So I don't really think that's going to change going forward. So if you have a chance to, you know, exchange him, take him to the customer service counter and say, I would like Greg Monroe, please, or somebody else, you know, for Jones Van Tuis, who's, who's, I guess, has got off to a little bit of a better start, I would do that in a heartbeat. All right, let's go ahead and get into the next game that we have on the slate. Houston versus Miami, where you talked about how bad James Harden is. Are you with me on the um, Ty Lawson fade for this season? Yeah, I... I I definitely am. Like I said, he just – I think they're going to realize that he just doesn't fit mm-hmm. um, as a – he doesn't fit with the starting five. Like he would be a good guy for them to put with the second team and let him run the second team when Harden's not out there. But Harden needs the ball in his hand. He's not like a come-off-the-screen kind of shooter or a guy who you just want standing around in the corner. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you want the ball in his hand. He's proven that he can do a lot when he has the ball in his hands. And right now, I feel like that's part of the reason or part of the problem that they're having is, you know, the ball has been in Lawson's hands and Harden's not creating and getting to the hole and, you know, shooting, uh, you know, like, well, he did actually have a lot of free throws in this one. I think he was still 12 or 14 in the last game. But, you know, again, with the big guys being hurt and their uh, front court being all banged up, they just look like a mess in this game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I really took away from this game, actually, there's two things I, I, I took away from this game, or three really, and it's all on the Miami side. Um, Chris Bosch is actually looking like he's going to try to rebound this year. Uh, even in this game where he didn't play a ton of minutes because it was a blowout, he still almost had 10 rebounds in this one. Wow, that's a little scary to think about Chris Bosch actually rebounding. It's like... Well, I mean, basically for his fantasy value, like we said before the year, the reason I always let people take him before I take him, yes, he can score and he you know, he does a lot of nice things and he plays a lot of minutes, but lately he hadn't been rebounding. You know, since he's come over from Toronto, it seems like he wants to be a corner jump shooter and his rebounding numbers were down, but... He's already had 10 rebounds, 8 rebounds. I mean, if he's going to be around 10 rebounds a game on top of the points that he can score, you know, you got to think that he's he's somebody that you really want to consider and, uh, you know, maybe maybe see if you can get somebody who, you know, likes him about as much as I did before the season that's willing to part with him cheap. You know, he could have a big upside season if he's going to start rebounding again. Yeah, I agree with you there. So uh, just to quickly update... Um, Jabari Parker hasn't played any of the games this season. I didn't know this because I don't own Jabari Parker anywhere and I wasn't really on him. <laughs> I had concerns about his role with them adding Greg Monroe and Tentacupo, you know, coming to prominence and Chris Middleton taking shots. So I, I didn't mm-hmm. bust him coming off the injury. I just never felt good about it. But he's he has an early November target date, um, but they said they're going to start him off at 12 to 15 minutes a game. So even if he gets in the mix, you're not going to like it to begin the season. But he actually, yeah, he's listed as coach's decision, but it's related to the knee injury. He hasn't made his debut yet, okay. but should be sometime early this month. Uh, Terrence Jones is another guy that people are sort of sleeping on right now because he's been injured as well. So I'm trying to look for an update on Terrence Jones now for the Houston Rockets. Trevor, he'll be he's supposed to be playing tonight. He actually had a laceration above his eye. Oh, that's he right. You did an elbow in the game yeah. the other day. Okay. Um, so he had to leave and get stitches, but he's questionable. But they're saying it looks likely that he's going to play today, so he should be back in the lineups for this week. I'm buying low on Ariza, and I'm buying low on Terrence Jones right now because people right, if people who haven't been paying attention or dialed into what's happening right now, I mean, the Rockets are terrible, and everybody's shooting bad. Ariza shot bad along with Harden, not as bad as Harden did, but I think he was like 4 for 14. And then Terrence Jones you know, only plays 18 minutes, and he misses a game. These are the guys that I want to try to go grab right now in season-long leagues so where, while there's like a discount applied to them uh, if you can. So there's some targets for you. For you guys out there looking to upgrade your rosters um, and sneak in some guys who haven't had the greatest starts to start the season. The only other thing interesting to me in this matchup, Justice Winslow plays 30 minutes. Uh, by the way, were you surprised by that? Or are you interested in him um, as an ad right now? Not really. I think part of the reason why he played so much is because it was such a big blowout. Mm-hmm. If you look at um, you know, the guys who normally play a lot, like Bosch only got 24 minutes here. I think Drogic only got like 24 minutes. Yeah. I mean, the game was just well in hand. So mm-hmm. I think that Miami just kind of let some of those younger guys and some of the bench players play, kind of rest up some of the starters a little more. Yeah. I think that had a lot more to do with it. If he plays 30 minutes in a game that's close throughout that they win or lose by two, that's when it'll really pique my interest. But in a blowout, I'm not going to get too excited about it. All right, Justice Winslow on my watch list because he needs more minutes, but Dang has always had a history of staying, of being injured, so he could be a factor. Oh. And Gerald Green should be on everybody's speed dial. I'm going to tell you right now. Dave, you know, We all know the issues that Dwayne Wade has, and um, you know, every year that he gets older, it's, it's going to be harder and harder for him to stay healthy, uh, injury risk rise, and he's going to be a monster performer when uh, Dwayne Wade go, finally goes down. I'm sure I'm going to go take my own advice and see if I can like stash him in favor of Gary Harris if he's available. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping somebody drops him if he does because you, we, you have a 20-point score on your hands. 
Uh, Joe Green is a absolute gunner, and he has no problem um, firing it up if he gets the shots and opportunity. But he only played 18 minutes in that last contest, so uh, that's the issue that you have. All right, next game here on the slate, if it'll let me flip back here, and we are taking a look at uh, Denver at OKC. Denver got housed in this matchup, and they both had both their big man. They're already down Yusuf Nurkic. They started um, uh, Joffrey Lavernier, who I own and I like, and he was looking pretty good. Started out with 11-7, and seven, but only played 18 minutes and left with a back injury. Then they played uh, Nikola Jokic, who also left with a back injury towards the end of the game. So they're really banged up. Um, in their front line. But anything else we can sort of learn or take away here? I mean, not much on the Nuggets side because it was kind of it was ugly. a blowout. Yeah, yeah and, they, and they pretty much kind of let everybody play. The one thing that I do like with the Nuggets early, though, is uh, Danilo Gallinari. So if he, you know, if you're in like a short league that he didn't get drafted in or if someone's willing to part with him cheap, I think he's going to have a big year. He looks like the guy who they're expecting to take you know, to be like their trigger guy, you know, the guy who gets the most shots, the guy that they look for the most in that offense. So that's a, a pretty good role for a guy to have on a team that's pretty up-tempo. On the OKC side, um, again, I mean, they were up by so much, you didn't see a, t- a ton here. Obviously, you know, the, that Durant guy and that Westbrook guy, they're, they're pretty good. But, uh, you know, if you have them on your team, they're guys you probably took in the first round and are starting anyway. Uh, Abaka has been pretty good so far this year too. He's somebody who I find interesting. Um, other than that, though, I mean, you know, Cantor's not getting enough minutes. Him and Stephen Adams are splitting. I don't like, uh, you know, I don't think that Roberson is really somebody I would want on my team. So there's there's not a ton that this game shows me for fantasy. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it all out. Moutier looks like he has sort of the in, the concerns that we always thought he would have, which is Tyreek Evans, like not a good jumper. 0 for 3 from outside, 3 for 14, but can penetrate and score and will rebound, but also turn the ball over a lot. So, you know, just keep that in mind if you're a Moutier owner. You're going to hate the field goal percentage, but um, he'll probably get the rest done. I'm not I, I'm not too worried about this game overall, like you said, from a Denver box score perspective, because it's, you know, okay, Oklahoma City who has potential to be the best team in the West mm-hmm. if all cylinders are rolling. Um, two more games to take a look at here. Orlando at Chicago. This was pretty interesting because Orlando battled back pretty hard. They were down like 13, uh, like with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they all, all of a sudden just started, uh, making it rain, uh, overall. And, uh, Evan Fournier for, for, uh, whatever reason has been making hay overall. Led the team in scoring 19 shot, eight of 15, hit two trays, uh, you know, five rebounds, two, two assists. Do, Do we need to be interested in Fournier? Yeah, I mean, at the very least, he should be a guy who you put on your watch list right now mm-hmm. because he he's playing a lot of minutes, he's taking a lot of shots, and he's probably on your waiver wire even in some, like, 12- and 14-team leagues. You know, I saw people that in leagues that I was in that drafted uh, Mario Hazanga before, uh, you know, while leaving Evan Fournier on the, you know, on the, on the free agent list, but it looks like he's going to be a big part of what they're doing and he did this last year in spurts you know he's never been a guy that's been consistent but he's had games before where he's put up 25 or 30 points and put up uh you know a whole bunch of you know rebounds or assists or you know other stats to go along with it so i I definitely think at the very least he should be on your watch list i mean he played 35 minutes in this game so in close games if he's going to play that many minutes you know he shouldn't be somebody that's sitting on the waiver wire even in maybe some 10 and 12 team leagues 
yeah, uh, I think he's definitely a guy that you need to keep your eye on and and watch for. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Aaron Gordon I th- was the guy who was originally slated to start, and I still like Aaron Gordon's skill set and talent. He actually played down the stretch in the fourth quarter. I just don't know what he's going to do. Oh, you know, overall, if if I, I would rather see him turn into like a Rodman and just board like crazy, block some shots because he has that crazy athleticism, and then not mm-hmm. worry too much about what he does on like you know offensive end. He he's zero for one from three. He's not he was not a a three point shooter in college, so I don't know how like just in like a season and a half, I guess, or two off seasons, you just all of a sudden start dropping trays when you weren't a great shooter in college, but. Um, so we'll see a sneaky guy. He did come up with seven rebounds. I would love to see him play 30 plus minutes, but then it would sort of come at the expense of Fournier who's playing pretty well right now. So mm-hmm. s- something to keep in mind o- overall. <clears throat> um, Joakim Noah, people have been asking him about him. I think he has value in like deep 12 team leagues and above, but above that, like you should probably put him on the waiver wire and go and try to grab a starter overall. Mm-hmm. Now this is crazy, but th- let me ask you this. Do you, who do you take right now? Joakim Noah or Zaza Pachulia? I'd have to see how many minutes has Pachulia been playing. I mean, well, he's the starter at least. He's a starter, and he. Now this is probably like closer to the ceiling of what you're actually going to get with Pachulia. Um, but yeah, Zaza went had a good game. He went for 16 and 12 with a block and an assist. See, here's here's my thing with Noah right now. You have Noah, you have Taj Gibson, you have Miritich, you have Pau Gasol. Yeah. Between the four of them, you know, the two guys who are getting. The most minutes, most of the games are Miritich, pal, and you're leaving like maybe 20, 25 minutes for um, guys like Noah, and then maybe even a little bit less than that for a guy like Taj Gibson. So to me, unless one of these four gets hurt, I don't think Noah is going to be playing more than two quarters. So if you can get a guy like you know Zaza who's playing most of the game, you got to take him over Noah because you know. Just just based on the sheer number of minutes that he's out there, he's going to have some better numbers. Now, if somebody on the Bulls does get hurt, one of these big guys, though, I definitely think that Noah has more upside than he does over the long term for the season. So basically, if you needed a guy to stash hoping that you can get somebody for upside later on, I think it might be Noah. If you're looking for production now, though, you'd probably have to go with, like, Pachulia. All right, so... um. I'm going. I'm going. Pachulia. I don't think that Noah's going to start anytime soon, barring injury. And he, he's not aggressive enough offensively for you to really make a case for him to own. Fourteen teams and above, they're both owned. But either way, I think Pachulia is the guy that you lean towards. So uh, that's the way I have it shaking out. Now, taking a look at this Dallas um, Laker game last night. Speaking of, Kobe Bryant continues to be horrible, and he at least he knows it. He's like, I'm like the two hundred. I'm like the two hundred best player in the league. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good for you. Um, the only thing I'm going to say here is we, you talked about Chandler Parsons and West Matthews played 26 minutes. He's back in the lineup. He, that's close enough minutes for me wise to just roll him in a weekly league this week. Are, are you with me on that? Yeah, I think Wes is, is you own him. You play Parsons, him, right? Yeah. Where Parsons needs to be before I would put him in there. I a- think is where Wes is. Absolutely. I totally hundred percent agree. Now, having said this for this Laker team, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want any part of Julius. I'm sorry. Uh, Dion, D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Is a no. rookie who's a garbage shooter and hasn't figured it out in the NBA. I don't know. For all the, the rain making and scoring and playmaking he did in uh, at Ohio State, he's got a long way to go in the NBA. You know what I liken him to? I liken him to Alfred Payton last season. You know, you hated him in the first half of the season because he wasn't a great shooter and he was, you know, turning the ball over and he wasn't even a great free throw shooter. Jan Russell is a better shooter 
than than uh, Alfred Payton for sure. But he still hasn't figured out when to take good shots. I still see him making bad decisions and getting exposed. Rajon Rondo destroyed him on defense on Friday night, made him look like somebody who didn't belong in the league. So mm-hmm. he's got a long way to go on both ends, and I just don't want any part of it. He's going to be one of those rookies who are a uh, pain in the ass. D'Angelo Russell is the best player on this team, like hands down for, for the LA Lakers. It doesn't show up in the box score. He just went two, two of eight and had like a minus 13, which led the you know, you know team in the worst plus minus. Go grab jo- Jordan Clarkson right now before the price gets too ridiculous. When Kobe Bryant figures out that he needs to be a better distributor and stop shooting three of 15, I believe that somebody put a stat out there that Kobe Bryant has like zero shots in the paint this year. Like he is absolutely like has attacking zero on the silver. So he's throwing up bricks when he sort of finally figures out the need, they need to get the ball to Clarkson and Byron Scott starts enforcing that. And we'll see if he actually does it, but he should. Clarkson's going to be an absolute monster. People don't, didn't notice it because the Kings blew out the Lakers, but in a close game, Jordan Clarkson was absolutely dominating like inside, outside threes, getting to the hole, great passes was was killing the Kings, but it only the only thing that it mattered is that the Lakers could not stop them at all, and the Kings had like a twenty point lead, like almost to thirty point lead throughout that game. So go grab Jordan Clarkson if you can; he'll be worth it. Easily top, top hundred, top seventy five with top fifty upside. Having said that, too, Julius Randle to me is the second best player on this team, and you're gonna like what he does um, inside and outside. The only thing that I don't like about Julius Randle is he's undersized as a four. And you're probably not going to get a lot of shot blocking. And when he goes up against um, bigger bigs, you know, the guys who are 6'11s playing power forward, um, I think he struggles more because you, you sort of have that Elton Brand thing where, you know, you were, um, you were the biggest man on the court in college, but now you have to play against guys who don't even need to jump to block your shot. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see how he does. The good thing about Julius Randle is he's a good mid-range shooter as well so he has that part of his game to sort of stretch people out when he has trouble scoring inside so that's uh my take on uh that situation there and that's going to wrap it up for all the box score breaks down for sunday here benny uh so now let's go ahead and just uh dive right in to the next thing on the list this is um pretender contender but before we get to pretender and pretender i have to remind you that fantasy football has gotten a lot more interesting week seven at DraftKings. i'm sorry week nine at DraftKings. they'll be hosting yet another millionaire maker event with over a million dollars going to first place here don't forget you can go to draftkings.com and enter the promo code rotowire to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. that's promo code rotowire for a free entry on your first deposit to the millionaire contest this week here at draftkings.com um, this isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. All right, let's play the game here, Benny. Pretender or contender time. You want to give me a contender first or a pretender? Um, but, well, let's start with the contenders because I think we both agree on some of these guys. What I tried to do is go over to the you know Yahoo Season Long League and click on the add and drop and see who the most added guys were. Because we don't want to give you contenders that are guys that are probably already on someone's roster. So these are the guys that have been getting picked up the most in the last week. And we're going to go through some of them and kind of decide which ones we like that we think are contenders for, you know, a spot on your league, on your team for the rest of the season. And then guys who we think are, you know, guys that people are picking up that they shouldn't be. So for me, the two guys that really stood out as the most picked up over the last week are C.J. McCollum, who we talk about all the time, and Carl Anthony Towns. Those are the two that, to me, are contenders, and if you pick them up, you've got guys who 
you know, you should have on your team for the rest of the season. Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. Um, as for the pretenders, there are quite a few of these guys who I don't really know if I like all that much. And one guy I want to talk about, because we mentioned it earlier in the show, is Marvin Williams. Now, he's played about 32 minutes a game so far to start the season, which is good. I like that. I think it is probably a sustainable number for him. Um, maybe not that many minutes, but, you know, he should be a guy who sees 27 minutes, 28 minutes a game, which is enough for you to be looking at him in, uh, in fantasy, especially in leagues 12, 14 teams and above. Okay. Now, right now to start the season, though, he's 8 for 18 from the three-point line. He's shooting 44%, which is better than most two guards in the league are shooting right now. He hit 3 of 5 and 5 of 8 in his last two games. So, basically, he's throwing up a lot of threes. But he's also hitting them and falling in love with doing it because on top of the fact that he's already hit eight threes in his first three games, he's still only averaging 12 points. Eight threes by itself is 24. So two-thirds of the points that he's put up so far this season have been from the three-point line in three games. He's shot 18 of the 31 shot attempts that he's taken have been from the three-point line. So basically, Marvin Williams at this point thinks that he's a standstill corner shooter. Um, he had 10 rebounds in the first two games, or 10-plus rebounds in the first two games, and is averaging 90 game. That number is well above his average. Even his per 48 average right now is well above what it has been throughout his career. So I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think his three-point percentage is sustainable. He also has four blocks in three games, three of them in the last game. I don't think that's sustainable. All those numbers are so far above his um, averages. And granted, he's playing a few more minutes, so you would expect an uptick. But I'm talking on uh, if you took those numbers over per 48-minute basis, he is pretty much above every single stat that he's had for his entire career. And I just don't think it's sustainable. So for me, Marvin Williams, who's probably – I think he's actually the number one most added guy this week in Yahoo Leagues. To me, he's a pretender. I think you can pick him up if you're in a big league, but I don't think you should be looking to him as a guy who's going to be the savior for your season if you got him. All right, so you're saying you love the guy. Basically, is what no, you're trying. <laughs> definitely not. Put it this way: he's still on the waiver wire in my league, uh-huh. and I I passed over him and you know picked up Marcus Morris and uh, Alfaruz Gamino you know instead. Man, don't don't let uh, Marvin's family see you in the street, man. It's gonna be trouble. <laughs> to tell you, you know what? And I'm and I'm a Carolina fan too. Wow. My whole life. So I mean, I've known I've known about this guy for probably 10 years because he played one year at Carolina. So he's probably been in the league about 10 years at this point. Uh, I thought you were right now. Uh... I, I thought you were sipping on some like iced tea, but turns out it's haterade. You know? Yes, it is haterade. It's good, it's good haterade because I, I'm just trying to help the people out here. Yeah, no, I, you know. I agree with you. I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, if they're smart, if Carolina, if Charlotte is smart, they will figure out a way to start Frank Kaminsky. Okay, get him in the lineup there. I understand that Marvin Williams is doing what you want Frank Kaminsky to do right now, which is hit threes. You know, be an outside stretch threat in a corner, but. Uh, like you said, uh, Marvin Williams can hit a three, and he's you know a decent shooter. But if you didn't think Frank Kaminsky was a guy um, that was going to be like your starting power forward or your best offensive threat, why did you draft him? You mm-hmm. know why why did why did you draft him here if you were just going to start Marvin Williams and play him thirty plus minutes because you wanted a a, a similar version of a bench bom- a bench bomber? I, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. You could go out and get um, who am I thinking about? Who played with Jeremy Lin? And just drop trays like in and you know stretch the belt, you know who I'm talking about. 
uh, on which which one when of he Jeremy would, Lin's when Lin was on the when Lin was on the Knicks, he he came off the bench six eleven stretch stre- stretch four. All he does Mara? is shoot threes. No, white guy six six ten six eleven. You're killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me. I have no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> he he's like a. He used to remember he used to like wrap his hands around a uh, Im- oh. uh, imaginary belt whenever he yes. hit a tray. Um. God, why can't I think of his name too? I know who you're talking about too. I can see it in my head. This is Novak. Nick Novak. Uh, is it Nick Novak? No, I don't remember his first name. Steve Novak. Steve Novak. Yeah, Steve Novak. If yeah, he's like go sign Steve Novak if you're going to play him. If you're going to play Kaminsky 13 minutes all season long, I understand he's a rookie, but you you know, and you have to bring him along slowly. But if you made him your lottery pick and you love him so much, you should be playing him. So or well, that's. I mean, this is another reason why I'm not a huge fan of Marvin Williams because you got to think at some point this year, Frank you know, Kaminsky his minutes. Right, or... Well, I mean, even if he doesn't take it, he's still going to be getting more minutes, and it's going to come at Williams' expense. Yes, so, absolutely. for season long, throughout the season, I feel like you're getting the apex of what you're going to get out of Marvin Williams right now. So that's why I feel like he's a pretender because I think that the downward slope is going to be pretty drastic on him. Yeah. All right, so th- I'm I'm with you there as well. Now you. have you want to run through the rest of your pretenders or you want to give me the contenders? Um, sure. Well, I mean, the other contenders list is pretty short. I mean, I already talked about Morris and Aminu. Um, McCollum and, and Towns were guys on there. The only other guy I have on the contenders list, I, I'm a believer in Rodney Hood this early in the year. Okay. Um, not Maybe not in like a 10-team league. You know, you probably want to be something a little deeper than that, but he's getting the minutes. He's taking some shots. You know, Utah does play at a slow pace, which – you know, kind of stinks because you're not going to expect a ton of fantasy goodness out of, you know, anybody on that team, really. But, uh, you know, I think that, that Rodney Hood is somebody who I believe can sustain this more than some of these other guys. But I have a lot of pretenders on this list. Uh, some guys that I think I want to get your opinion on because these are guys that, you know, people listening have been picking up. These are the most picked up guys we have over on Yahoo Leagues. You got uh, guys like Swaggy P, who to me, I mean, you, you tell me yes or no on some of these guys. Okay. You know, would you take, uh, you know, Swaggy P? Um, no. Okay. CJ Miles. Deep league only. Okay, I'd agree with that. Um, I have him in a Clint, fourteen teamer, and that's where I draw the line. Uh, Clint Capella. Fourteen teams and above. Ish Smith. Ah. Uh, now let me tell you this: roster you gamble answer. only, but it looks yeah. like like. Drew Holiday's minutes are getting better. So. Well, I was just going to say, he played 38 minutes that first game, when then they cut Nate Robinson. Yeah. He played 28 minutes that next game, and then the last game he played 10. So I think that... 10 in the wrong Ish, direction for him, yeah. Yeah, I think that Ish Smith's week is uh, over, and if you pick this guy up, you should be looking to see who else is out there at this Absolutely, point. yes. Um, how about Isaiah Cannon? Cannon? Cannon. Yes, um, I just changed my team name to Fire the Cannon. So I'm with Isaiah Cannon. I think he's got that job right now. Tony Roten and Kendall Marshall aren't healthy. I actually liked Kendall Marshall for upside, but I didn't know that he was this far away from, what do you call it? Um, uh, Yeah, yeah, like he's not even close, anywhere close to getting back onto the... Um, onto the court. So, yeah, Isaiah Cannon has been like 17 and 7, 18 and 8. Yeah, which he they need somebody to like drive the offense and score and distribute and he's that guy. So, he's he's playable like in 10 teams on down and uh, he's, I have him actually in DFS for fantasy draft today. So, mm-hmm. you can definitely Yeah, I mean, where he's 
where he's cheap for DFS, I think you can use him. Right. I just feel like at some point, though, like when Roten comes back, and, and probably even Marshall, too, I feel like they would both be ahead of him on the depth chart. Well, if the, all things healthy and considered, yes. But Nukanen is yeah. he's leveled up. He, he had conditioning issues last year, which sort of, you know, hurt him. So hopefully he's got his butt in shape and he can, you know, fight to hold on to that job. But having said that, right now, I think playable, like, across the board in formats. He's cheap and he's a great utility play in, like, 10-team leagues and above. Okay, so if he's out there on your waiver wire, you know, he would be a guy you'd say go pick up. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to throw okay. a couple contender pretenders for you really quick before we get out of here. Okay? Go ahead. Kent Bazemore. We talked about him already, and I think we've said contender for now, right? Grab him. Yeah, for, deep, deep, deep leagues, definitely 10-teamers. He's borderline. Okay. Langston Galloway. Again, right now, I think I think so because without uh, Aaron Aflalo in there, I definitely think that he's somebody who's seeing minutes and is putting up some decent numbers. So yeah, I would say okay. Stream option, but could lose a job and have his role change. Yeah, I mean, I don't long term. I don't think he's a long term answer for you. But you know, if you got somebody who's hurt or you're just trying to buy some some guard minutes or something, I, I definitely think right now he's viable. Okay, Willie Cauley Stein. Now this one to me. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of, of Willie Cauley-Stein. I think his real-life game is better than his fantasy game to me. Yes, yes, correct. Um, and, and this is you know something that you and I have talked about because I know you're, you're a Kings fan. Yep. I don't think he has a polished enough offensive game to put up big point numbers every game. He doesn't. He, he will get a couple blocks and steals because he's a very good defensive player. Yes. You know, he'll get a decent amount of rebounds over there. But I just feel that... You know, offensively, he's very limited, yes. and he's going to hurt you in some of those stats. Now, with that being said, you know, this week with Cousins out, you know he's going to see a ton of minutes. So mm-hmm. if you have him, don't drop him this week. Right. But, you know, I think that you can find some other guys who might have some more upside over the long haul for fantasy stat-wise. Now, if I'm building a team, I wouldn't mind him being on my team because you need one of those defense and, and glue and rebounding guys, especially with guys like Gay and Cousins who dominate a lot of the shots anyway. You know, Cauley Stein can do a lot of the little things that you like as a, as a basketball coach. Right. For Keeper and Dynasty, well, Cauley Stein is a great play, okay, for you, to, mm-hmm. for you to hang on, if you, especially if you're a deep keeper. Probably won't be one of your top keepers if you're only keeping like five or six or seven guys. But um, tell you what, right now, against that Laker game, and you know, granted the Lakers are bad and they don't have a polished polished team, Kali Stein was absolutely dominant in, in that game. And he was actually scoring in the fourth quarter because they decided they were up so big they decided not to play Cousins. He started going for some offense, and he was actually putting some buckets in. That was all at the rim. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to make a jump shot for you at all outside of, like, you don't even want him to shoot a 10-foot jumper. But he's great at putbacks. He knows how to play, to run, pick, and roll, and roll to the rim and finish well. And he's an absolute monster on the defensive end, as good as DeAndre Jordan, in my mind, in terms of, like, blocking shots while not fouling people and picking up steals. So there's the eventual upside for him. DeAndre Jordan, I don't think he reaches DeAndre Jordan level this year, but I think they, they, it only took them, you know, game two to decide that they should start Willie Cauley-Stein. And he started uh, the next game against the Clippers, but then they played Kufis for offense when Cousins got injured. So, mm-hmm. But both of those guys are, go- are good plays this week, and Cauley-Stein is, like, a good sneaky value guy, but probably like deeper 14 team leagues and above where, you know, he, he where he can be a factor because he's valuable in terms of like yeah. rebounds and blocks. I, I do. I do want to see him have a good offensive game against somebody other than the Lakers before that's, I buy. That's true. Julius Randle got, was like way overmatched and Roy Hibbert got clowned um, mm-hmm. by like Roy Hibbert tried, tried to mash on him and Kleistein went up and just jumped straight up and blocked him. So um, those are fun things to watch. Like you said, it's like more relevant to like 
just real fantasy, real NBA than actual fantasy. So we're, we're basically in deep league only territory and potential streams if there's an injury to, you know, Cousins or uh, Kufis or something else like that that would create more minutes for him. But I think for the most part he's going to be the starting four for the Kings, but the minutes are not going to be consistent overall. He, sometimes you're going to see him pop up like in 20 minutes, 18 minutes, and sometimes you'll see, you know, 28 to 32. All right, and that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Don't forget you can subscribe to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. So be sure to give us a rating review. Don't forget to subscribe. Best of luck in all your fantasy basketball contests, daily, uh, weekly, and season long, and DFS. Um, the Rotowire DFS Podcast uh, jumps back on for recording and availability for uh, tomorrow. starting tomorrow. Don't forget we put out those um, picks a day ahead of time so you can actually listen to the Roto Ideas Best podcast starting tomorrow afternoon and we'll have picks available uh, and, and analysis for the Wednesday uh, DFS NBA slate. You can always follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and you can follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening everybody. We'll see you next time. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.